This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Ngunnawal people. We would like to pay our respects to Elders past and present. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Our sovereignty has never been ceded. Welcome to Reconciliation Roadmap, the podcast where we navigate the path to building better businesses through reconciliation. I'm your host, Holly Furling. And I'm Dixie Crawford, a proud Barkindji woman living on Ngunnawal country. I am your guide to developing and implementing reconciliation action plans. With years of experience as a RAP consultant, I'll bring you the insights and perspectives that really do matter. Think of us as your go-to RAP resource in your pocket, tackling all the questions that you've had. This isn't just a conversation. It's an actionable roadmap for your business towards positive change. So welcome back to part two of the mini episode in relation to micromanagement when it comes to the implementation of a reconciliation action plan within an organisation. If you were here for part one, you know that I briefly spoke about some of the signs and behaviours that I tend to see leaders and organisations demonstrate around micromanagement, how it turns up and the potential impact. So we talked about some leaders having a lack of trust in their colleagues or their team members, the excessive monitoring. I also spoke about people's inflexibility around recognising where changes need to occur, also around providing people so much detail and not giving any room for people to have autonomy or to be able to adapt to the changes that need to occur, but then also limited delegation in terms of what needs to be done and how it is that we tell people how to do it versus giving them the confidence and building their capability to actually do the work. So there's five other points that I want to run through that I think are critical to consider and to make sure that you identify and that you appropriately respond to in order to make sure that what you do is appropriate and it's relevant and you allow your staff to feel confident and comfortable in their leadership around the implementation of the RAP. So the next five points, again, I'm going to speak about what I think the problems are and how it is that I would encourage you to approach solving those problems in order to evolve your leadership and to have a greater influence and impact within the business. So point number six that I want to speak about is that you are frequently correcting people. You frequently point out where there's errors, where there's problems, or you tell people what needs to be improved. And you often deliver that in a really critical way that someone doesn't take it as constructive feedback, but certainly takes it as criticism from you. So make sure you balance your feedback, strike a really good balance between identifying where there are errors or where there are opportunities for improvement and acknowledge that there are positive aspects to what people are doing and how it is they're going about it. But sometimes there's different things that need to be changed in order to achieve the outcome that we're that we are going for. So recognize what people are doing as being really well and celebrate the work that they're doing in terms of achievement and progress, but make sure you find a good balance between I guess, you know, good cop and bad cop, right? No one wants to be humiliated or feel like they're constantly being put on show because they're getting things wrong. And also what I will say to you is that sometimes the perception that we have of someone doing something wrong is just our own individual perspective. What we think is wrong, someone else might not think is wrong. So it's important to recognise where our perspectives and our biases might be influenced and how that might be turning up in our thought process, but also in the way that we engage and communicate with our colleagues, right? So balance that feedback. The second point I want to make in terms of you frequently correcting people is how do you is to make sure that you avoid perfectionism. There will be minor errors 
but that's a natural part of any project, right? That's a natural part of evolution. So always striving for perfection in every single detail is absolutely unrealistic and very unproductive, right? You're going to lose people in terms of their engagement and you're going to constantly, you will will chip away at their confidence and their self-belief of being able to have an impact in this work. And they might, again, tap out and say, this is not for me. I feel like shit. I don't want to put myself in in um, in this position anymore. I guess the final point around frequent corrections is that you have to trust the process, right? Trust the process in that your team members are capable of learning from their mistakes and they that they are improving over time. Give people the space to grow and de- to develop their skills, their confidence, their competencies, their capability, their connections with community, their connections with their colleagues in the organisation. Allow people that space and that room to grow. If you are consistently micromanaging and telling people how it is that they're going to be doing something, we never allow people to develop how it is that they want to be with their most authentic and impactful leadership. If we don't give people the space and room to grow and develop, they aren't going to be their most impactful, authentic and powerful leaders. And we need people to be strong advocates and to be champions around the work of reconciliation. The seventh point that I want to make is the lack of autonomy that you afford to your team members. You don't allow them to have freedom to make decisions or to take ownership of the work because you are the one that is always used to or want to make decisions for them and for the business. So encourage your team members to make decisions that is within their responsibility and within their expertise, within their capability and within their skill set to do it. You can offer guidance and support, but you have to allow people to have room to make decisions and to exercise their personal and professional judgment. I want to encourage you to also counteract that lack of autonomy is to consistently be be delegating authority, right? So delegate decision-making to team members based upon what they can do. Trust them to make the right decision. Trust them to make the decision that is informed by their perspective, by the information that they gather. The thing is here is that people will make mistakes. That's inevitable. That's across the board, right? But people learn from their mistakes. I have always said in business that I have learned more about business from my losses than what it is that I have from my wins. And so, These are critical lessons that people need to learn in order to develop their skills and their confidence and their leadership around reconciliation. So allow people to make those the decisions that feel right to them and that feel informed by what it is that they know and what it is that they've experienced. So the final point there is to embrace and celebrate autonomy, right? So recognize and celebrate where there's ins- where there's times that your team members have demonstrated an initiative where they've made decisions where they've been proactive where they've been positive where they're focused on impact and long-term sustainable outcomes versus the short-term t- wins so highlight the value of autonomy in project goals highlight the value of autonomy in decision making and highlight the value of autonomy in the evolution of you as a leader within a business not just you as the individual leader but also your wrap work group colleagues who will also evolve to be leaders and impactful people around the implementation of the RAP. The other challenge around micromanagement that I see, this is uh, point number eight, is that you tend to be slow in decision making because you want to be, you all of a sudden like to be the person in control. You like to be the person to make sure that everything is perfect, but you become the bottleneck in, de- in the decision making process because everything needs your input and everything needs your approval. You're going to exhaust yourself. You do not have enough hours in the day to do this. So you need to recognize where that 
slow decision making is actually a limitation of your leadership and your impact within the business. So streamline approval processes is the way that you would counteract that, right? So review and streamline the processes to minimise unnecessary steps or, or paperwork and focus on more efficiency in order to be effective without necessarily compromising the quality, right? You don't have to have your eye over every single detail. Trust your colleagues and do that delegation in a really effective way that you know that someone else is not going to miss this, right? And if it is missed, then that's okay. We solve that problem the next time around. You have to make sure that you streamline processes in a way that makes your work efficient and effective within the business. The other way that you counteract slow decision-making is to foster a culture of accountability, right? So promote a culture of accountability where team members take responsibility for the decisions and their actions and hold regular check-in meetings, not where you're, you're monitoring what people are doing and you're micromanaging it and that wanting to make sure that everyone's on A, B, C, D, right? It's about saying, okay, cool, where are we at? What progress have we made? What are our challenges? How do we address these challenges? What doors do we need to open? How do we need to pivot? Where are we being reactive? Where are we being proactive? Where are there opportunities for change or for us to be flexible or adaptive to the work that we need to do? So look for that culture of accountability and make sure that there's opportunity for creativity in that accountability process as well. And I guess finally, the other point there in terms of slow decision-making, and I guess this is a really critical element of letting people know that you know that you've been the bottleneck and that you want to no longer be that bottleneck and you want to create more engagement and input from everyone is to make sure that you recognise and celebrate where team members have really stepped up to the plate, done the work, and publicly recognise their work that they've done, right? So highlight the value of proactive decision-making and leadership and autonomy and, that um, again, that proactive leadership because if we don't let people know that we appreciate them and what it is that they've done or we see the value in the work that they've done, they may not necessarily keep doing it, particularly if you keep correcting their work or you slow down the progress of their work. So recognise where that might be turning up for you. Hey there, just quickly interrupting the podcast, it's Dixie here. I just wanted to let you know that on the 5th of December of 2023, I am running a Rap Leaders Masterclass. Now, the Rap Leaders Masterclass is for any leader within an organization who is responsible for the development and the implementation of the Reconciliation Action Plan. Now, as an experienced Rap Consultant, I can tell you that what you might be experiencing right now in terms of barriers, in terms of your mindset, in terms of the challenges that you have in immobilizing leadership within the business, you're not alone. These are things that people experience all the time in their organization. And this is why I have developed the Rap Leaders Masterclass. I want to help you define your purpose and your vision and also discuss with you how it is that you make your values visible within the business in order to have greater influence, be more effective, and to gain more engagement within your organization around the purpose, the potential, and the impact of the wrap. We're going to be looking at performance metrics. We're going to be looking at project management. We're going to be looking at effective communication, and we're going to be looking at how it is that you effectively implement the wrap with practical strategies and skills. So if you're interested in this masterclass, please let me know. It is online. 
There's details in the show notes and I would love to see you there. But what I want to do is support you to be the most effective and impactful leader that you possibly can. So we're looking at leadership skills. We're looking at practical action. We're looking at building a network for you with other like-minded leaders within the RAP network. We're also looking at how it is that you create a framework for evaluating and measuring the success and the impact of your RAP implementation. So there's a lot there, but if you would like to be involved, please let me know. Information is in the show notes and I would love to see you there. Let's get back to the podcast. Point number nine is that micromanagement can be reflective in frustrated team members, right? So team members will feel frustrated or appear frustrated, demotivated or completely disengaged. This is a clear sign that they have had enough of your shit and you need to check yourself because all of a sudden you might go from a team of three to four people who are really keen on this, on the implementation and doing the work, despite it being in addition to their current nine to five role description, right? They're still committed to it. But if you are frustrating them and you are micromanaging anything, everything, they're going to lose interest and they're going to once again tap out, right? So build trust. It's essential in any team. Work on building trust by acknowledging team member skills, providing them opportunities around decision-making, showing appreciation around what it is that they're doing, how they're consistently turning up, the value that they add to the, to the organisation and the role of the implementation. You have to recognise people and celebrate them. That celebration and that recognition will build people's trust and will also make them feel comfortable and confident in their work that they're doing and they will consistently show up. So empower team members to also take ownership of their tasks and their, and their decisions. One of the things that I find is really interesting in this empowerment process is that when we identify that there's a problem, the leader at the top right will always be the person who says, this is the solution. I want you to go out and encourage your team members to present alternative solutions to any challenges that you have and to independently make decisions around how it is that we would go about solving these problems. So there's definitely going to be challenges that come up, but you need to encourage people and empower people to go about coming up with solutions to in order to effectively do this. Again, The challenge around micromanagement is that you don't have enough hours in the day to do everything and you need your team members to back you up. But in order for your team members to back you up, guess what? You're going to back them as well. So the final point there around frustrated team members, which is a bit of a common theme in a lot of rep working groups that I've actively been a part of or that I have seen from a distance is to encourage open communication. So create an environment where everyone feels like they have the opportunity to share their thoughts, their ideas and concerns openly. Actively listen to what people are saying and incorporate their perspectives and their insight into decision makings when appropriate, right? If you don't take on the advice of people, once again, they're going to feel like they're devalued and they're not being a part of something, right? So create those opportunities for people to see themselves in the movement within the organisation around the implementation. And I guess the final point, which is one that you've really got to watch out for in terms of the potential impact of your micromanagement is high staff turnover, right? So if you have frequent turnover of team members that that have come into the team and then have left due to feeling what they might tell you, oh, you know, like I've already got a ton of stuff on, I can't do this, this is, this is additional work, whatever, right? Things change in a business, I understand that. But I also want you to really think about people came into volunteered to be a part of the RAP working group because they were really passionate about this. They were committed. They were driven. They wanted to make an impact. 
they have the awareness, they have the empathy, they have the integrity, they're focused on social justice and accountability, they're anti-racist, they're an ally. Those values, they don't just go away because someone's got a bit of work on. They are essential, essentially demonstrated values that are a part of someone's core operating system. So if they're tapping out and they're not wanting to be a part of something, you really do have to critique and understand why. And one of the ways that you do that is that you definitely ask them the question, are you leaving because or what's the real reason you're leaving? Make sure you create that opportunity for people to give you that transparent feedback and don't personalise that. That's going to be in the next episode that we have around receiving and giving feedback and how to not personalise that. But the three ways that I want to encourage you to counteract high turnover in your RAP working group is to offer professional development opportunities for staff to grow and develop their skills Make sure that you are supporting and you are encouraging their career progression within the organisation and that you provide incentives for people to not want to leave, right? So give them opportunities to keep developing, give them opportunities that make them feel good. Actually, it's not about giving someone the opportunity. It's about recognising where people earn a shot, right? So if someone wants to be an MC one day and they consistently turn up, give them a shot at being the MC. If they want to lead a particular project, give someone a shot to do to lead that project, right? So I guess this, this is the point around recognizing and rewarding people for their for their commitment and their outcomes, right? So recognize what people are contributing to, where there are achievements, show appreciation for for their dedication, their commitment and their efforts. And I guess the final point which is really critical and I guess the one that I touched on earlier around high staff turnover in terms of the RAP working group is to please conduct an exit interview or have a conversation with someone about why it is that they've left. Understand the reasons why they're leaving because if you learn new information, you know, when you know this new information, you can do good things with this new information. So try not to tap out with that. Try to understand how there's always opportunities for us to be better leaders and for us to have greater impact in the work that we're doing. But Um, those exit interviews and those conversations, go for a coffee with someone, send them an email, ask if they want to catch up and go for a walk. Keep the door open for people because just because they leave right now, it doesn't mean they may not want to come back in the future. So leaving that door ajar for people to re-engage if they choose to is a reflection of your capacity to to do critical self-reflection, but also to, to act on the advice that you've received, right? So it's really important that you do that. So yeah, I guess, you know, part one or two of these of these mini episodes, if any of these have resonated with you and I guess are kind of reflective of how you might be turning up in your leadership around the implementation of the RAP, I want to encourage you to, I guess, to have a new approach around collaborative relationships with your colleagues and to be empowered with this new information, but not to the point where it goes to your head, right, because fe- this feedback is critical for you, but be encouraged by this feedback and by this reflection that you might be having and look for alternative ways that you can approach the engagements that you have with your colleagues for a greater impact, right? So trust your team, delegate effectively and allow your people to grow and develop. I think those three things in itself will improve your morale within the team, increase productivity. And if I'm to be honest, it's the key to success. You have to let go of controlling everything in order to let your team lead and to collaborate with you better in order to have greater impact, not just within your organisation, but within our communities. So I hope that episode, um, this part one and two has been helpful for you and it's contributing to your thinking and your evolution as a rap leader within your business. So 
Talk to you soon. Bye, Felicia. Thank you for tuning in to Reconciliation Roadmap. If the insights shared today resonate with you in your business, remember, I'm here to guide you further. Connect with me on LinkedIn or feel free to reach out to my business with Gunyan so I can help you take your next steps towards a more inclusive and connected future. You can find me at naganya.com.au or head to the show notes.